Now, last week, we were looking at a discussion. We started admonition. So we're just, if you have your Bible, get your Bibles. Um, if you're not new to Bible or Bible is new to you, whichever, but Bible is, is our reference, okay? So get you can get your phones or your iPad and just go there, Bible, and pull it up. We're going to be looking at the Word of God. And um, we've been talking about when life presents with uncertainty, how do you respond? When life presents with uncertainty, like, like what we have going on right now, COVID-19, jobs uh, at risk, income at risk, families jeopardized. And you know that the way American families are, most families, most families, the three big things, the three topmost things that cause chaos in most families. One is money. Money tops it all. Money, finance. Number two is sex. Um, and then number three is other, just say other parties, right? Other parties can be anything. So, but COVID-19 has brought finance to the forefront. A lot of people are going through shakings. Families are jeopardized. Not just those who are married, even singles. People are under pressure. So when life throws uncertainty, fear of your health, fear of an outcome, fear of whether you're going to survive it, whether you're going to catch the virus, businesses on a halt, so many things going on. How do you respond, especially a person of faith? That is, that's been our discussion since last week. So I'm going to get more thoughts from you guys, but let's move on to the next thing we were going to talk about before we stop last week. Last week, we started talking about does life discriminate? Does life discriminate? Um, are some people exempted from tough times? Is God, does God have favorites? And we answered all those questions. Then we moved on to talk about, um, I prayed for a blessing. When you prayed for a blessing, uh, but not the stress. So it seems like some blessings you ask for, all of a sudden, you, you ask for this promotion, you ask for this new job, you ask for a relationship, you ask for something, you just ask for something big. Now it's come, but it's stressing you out. And you are saying, I prayed for the blessing, not the stress. Why is the stress coming with the blessing? And uh, we started talking about the fact that whenever God blesses a man, he blesses them to stretch their capacity. So most of God's blessings actually comes with stretch marks. You know, it comes with stretch marks because God wants us to get out of our comfort zone to come to a point where we are trusting him fully. Because if the blessing is within our manpower and what we can do, then we won't trust God. So we talked about that. And today we want to move further on that. And I want to bring, I want to bring you guys in. And I want everybody to come in and talk about this. So I want to talk about when I am being tested, when you're being tested in the hands of time, when you're, I'm being tested in hands of time, what do I do or what, what should I be doing? Sorry, what to do when you don't know how long the phase will last. So this is a scenario where you're going through a phase in your life, right? You don't know how long it's going to last and you feel like you're going through a test during this phase. What should you be doing? I want to call on Mr. Lakey to please hop in. So um, 
we do face you know trials all the time i think it's that's that's by definition the experiences we have in life and those things are really meant to define and help shape who we are and oftentimes as you just said right the loss of control the mm-hmm. loss that we believe that we have everything under control when we don't seemingly have that that's when we believe that you know things are not being answered our prayers are not being answered mm-hmm. but it's truly a way for us to really know and rely more on god because our human strength right when we when we believe too much in our human strength um we tend to make decisions that you know it's not probably the best thing for us and so my encouragement is when you find yourself in where you in a phase that um uh you you feel like it seems to be going longer than you are um my advice is to really um examine what is going on around you because there's always something to learn hmm. um oftentimes we you know our eyes are so focused on what is it that we're looking for that sometimes we see all the good things that are happening around us and failing to see and to see the things that God is doing around us because we're so myopic on the so-called blessings that we're praying for and in that in that span that there's actually God may be showing you other things where uh could really help you manifest and 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 really grow you more but because you're so focused you lose the sight of God wow wow so you those little wins they are little wins my wife wife called them the little wins in our lives that God wants us to pay attention to you're actually winning you yes. know but those those little wins they are they're the miracles god has put around you and you said something about control will it be right if we say that man loves to be man loves to have control but i think god puts us in charge but we're not in control can can somebody speak to that because i i think that you're just in charge as a matter of stewardship stewardship of your time of your money your resources of your walk with god stewardship of your relationship but you're not in control god is the one in control um um ricardo do you want to come in um like like help us differentiate that struggle that goes on in the human heart of, of being in charge you know men wants to right. be women wants to be in charge people want to be in charge and and they they go beyond being in charge to want to actually take control and where do we go up in surrender to god well it, it, it's uh that's a really good question matthew um you know being in a fallen world with in in a uh, with fallen nature you know with a this uh uh um this this place that we're in where the best thing we can do outside of Christ is to make decisions that are imperfect at best mm-hmm. you know outside of him we can only make imperfect decisions the best thing we can do the best case scenario outside of Christ is that we make a bad decision even at the best so when we take control we take the authority from him 
and take control over something that wasn't meant for us to control. I mean, he is he is the the, the definer. He is he is the one that sets that sets our compass. The Holy Spirit is his activator. So if we ourselves try to do it, then we have to maintain it because it's not something that he has control of. So you talk about stewardship. If he says that you are the steward, but we decide to take ownership of something, at, like in Jeremiah, he says that I know the plans I have for you. Well, if he knows the plans he has for you, then how can you yourself under your own strength and under your own guidance, then you make the plans, but not consult God about the plans. And then when things begin to go in the direction that imperfect man typically goes, which is to fall, fall, fall further away, from what's right, because you yourself are in control. Then when you crash and burn, especially those of us that are believers, where we, we kind of bounce back and forth between owner and and, uh, owner and, um, and steward, then we walk around with frustrated faith because we have God locked in a time capsule because he's not moving as fast as our expectations. But he never said that he would do it in a certain amount of time because he's timeless. Everything for him is right now. It's not tomorrow. It's not yesterday. Everything is right now. So we can't encapsulate him in this time frame or in this time vacuum that we're locked in and then take control of the will when we say we're going to surrender and give it to him. We have to truly surrender and step back and let him control. You know, that's that's so profound. Let me read. Let's read a scripture. Psalms chapter 105. Psalms chapter 105, talking about Joseph. You're talking about stewardship, and you you said something that we 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 tend to we tend to go beyond being stewards, faithful stewards, right? To becoming owners, we want to own it. We want to own the process. We want to own the miracle. We want to create it ourselves, you know. And and at times, God just wants us to suffer through a process. I'm, I'm coming to process. God just wants us to suffer and endure. Maybe not suffer, but suffer is the word. Like endure through a process. And the whole goal is for us to come to a point where we understand his timing. We accept his purpose and we accept his plans. Um, Psalms chapter 105 in verse, from verse um, 16 was talking about Joseph having a glorious, colorful destiny. And he said here, he said, Moreover, God called for famine upon the land, and it broke the whole staff of bread. So there was recession everywhere in the world. And he said, God sent a man before them, even Joseph. Okay, he sent before them a man, Joseph, whom he sold, who was sold for a servant. So it took for Joseph to fulfill his purpose of being sent ahead by God. God sent him ahead to preserve the family as a posterity to preserve his family. But the way he had to step into that role was to be sold as a steward, as a servant. And the Bible says he sold him as a servant whose feet they hot with feathers and he was laid in iron. He was laid bound. You know, in time, time held him in fetters. That's what was happening here until the time that his word came. Until the time his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. 
I want us to talk about the process. Like when, when we go through what I call the miracle time zones, I call it the miracle time zones because it's a miracle time zones. It's so different from our timing. By the way, the Greeks, when they were going to define time, they used three terminologies. They use chronos. Chronos is the terminology for the chronological time. So we can measure that in months, um, the day, weeks, uh, days, and minutes. And then they also came up with a word, Zeman. Zeman is, is, is a time that people decide that, okay, this is when we do this. So well, when we say during this part of the year, we celebrate Christmas, during this part of the year, we celebrate, during November, we have Thanksgiving. That's like Zeman, you know, an arranged time for an event. But there was a third definition the Greeks gave to time, and they call it the Kairos time. The Kairos time is the appointed time for a thing. The appointed time for a thing. I'll give you a good example. You know, my baby girl with the last pregnancy we had, she was, you know, there was, there's usually those of you who know about this, they're going to give ED the expected date of delivery. And she passed the expected date of delivery. Oh my God. And everybody began to like, when is this baby going to come? My mother-in-law was already scabashing and praying and, oh no, you have to come out. My wife too was tired of carrying her. She was just going to, um, um, oh my God, I feel for her. She went to um, uh, Forsyth uh, Park. She would walk the hill, you know, up and down. One time I followed her and I sat there and I was just looking and she would go and say, this baby has to come. She you know everything. Then he got to a stage and they said, aren't you, aren't you, aren't you going to, aren't you going to also do something, you know, and you don't want to look like you're a laid back man when women are put up. So I also joined, I said, okay, what can we do? And she talked about this eggplant, eggplant parmesan. Apparently they said, when you take a lot of eggplants, parmesan is going to speed up um, but so we went, we went to this Italian restaurant, we ordered it, we got it, I ate some, she ate some, we both ate, nothing happened until the 1st of October, the very 1st of October. So yeah, I see it's a Lake Thompson up because somehow heaven had known that she was going to share a birthday with my month. So that was the appointed time for her to come. And she came exactly the 1st of October. I, I want you guys to know tonight that there is an appointed time to every spoken word in your life. When you're waiting for that word to be fulfilled. The Bible says you will be tried by that word. What, what does that mean? Can somebody open that up to us? Like, I am in a season where I am waiting for the manifestation of God's word in my life. God has spoken to me about my marriage. He's spoken to me about my job. He's spoken to me about breakthrough in business. And I'm in a phase, I'm in a Kairos season, okay? To come to a Kairos time when the word is trying me, trying me. What does it mean for the word of God that is in waiting to try a man? I want to bring somebody who, who wants to say something to that. All right, since nobody is saying anything, can I bring in um, Pastor Lydio Dushote? 
if you're with us, sir. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm with you. All right. Thank you. But I just want to lie low, but since you are bringing me in, well, um, <clears throat> let, let me say that uh, I always say this, that uh, I might not know that uh, to say that I know what my tomorrow holds is not really a, uh, a language of faith, but to say I know who holds my tomorrow is the language of faith. Hmm. What we normally say is to declare as Steve, we are in charge of tomorrow. So I say, I know what my tomorrow holds. To me, that looks as if you are God. That yeah. looks as if I'm assuming the position of God. And uh, we many a time call that faith, but the Bible never gave us that kind of position. The only one who, hold to, who, who knows tomorrow and who holds it in his hand is God himself. So God has brought us into a relationship with himself, a relationship of trust, absolute reliance on God's judgment, on God's goodness, on God's knowledge, on God's wisdom, his power. And that is the position God will have us to take always. Mm. So situations doesn't have to be constant. It will always change. Situation will not assume what we think. But most of the time, because God in his own goodness allows situation to take um, a, a form, just like you talk about Kronos, uh, we talk about um, um, Zima, we talk about periods in life, many a time we now think that life will always take that kind of uh, narrative that we are used to. But that is not always the truth. In James chapter 4, the Bible was telling us, he said, those of you that say tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, we will buy, we will sell, we will make gain. He said, why don't you say if the Lord will, we shall live first, then we shall do. So the position of the Bible is that you must never talk as if you are in charge of your life. To God, that is arrogance. Yes. God wants us to talk from the point of God is always in charge and we are always depending on him. So if things go the way we don't think it should, we should still know that God is in charge. Right. And we must still have that kind of restful posture in our God because our times are always in his hand. And his plans, his purposes, they stand. And, <clears throat> and God is always helping us to be able to fit in into his own plan and into his own purpose. I just want to read one or two scriptures, then I think I just want to hold it on that. Okay. Uh, I want to read Isaiah 50, verse 10. It says, who is among you? Sorry, I'm not showing my face because of my, uh, I'm not really dressed up for this meeting. So I just want to lose the audio. It's okay. It's okay. Fine. Who is among you that feareth the Lord? and obey the voice of his servant, 
and walketh in darkness. The word darkness is something that is not clear to us. We are not in charge. Your situation seems to be out of our hand, out of our control. And had no light. Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. The reason is that God is in charge. So for every one of us on this platform, regardless of what COVID has brought, God is still in charge. Our times are still in his hand. What will happen to us tomorrow, what will happen to us in the next one year is in God's hand. Sometimes we, we think that things are to work the way we think uh, things are to work. Then when we look at things working out for us, we think that's the perfect will of God. But many at times, what God is actually doing is deeper than the superficial things we are enjoying. Yeah. As far as we Christians are concerned, uh, our buying, our selling, building houses, uh, making progress, achieving this, having children, all those things are good, but they are common to man. These are all the things even unbelievers seem to be enjoying too. But what God is doing with us as believers is deeper than those things. And we must not lose sight of the fact that our coming to God in Christ is for things that are deeper than what our five senses can capture and grapple with. The apostles gave us a lot of narrative, or sorry, a lot of, uh, they, they share with us. Paul was saying something in 2 Corinthians 1, that he went through situations that, in fact, he almost despaired his life. But he said, God, who's comforted, those who are in tribulation, comforted us. He gave us, you know, that kind of inner strength to weather through, to have that kind of what I call the staying power. And he yeah. said that God did it that they may be able to comfort, to be able to help others when they go through situations. So what God is actually doing is building a people of resilience. But you see, our resilience is not just uh, fickle things. It's Christ. God is actually, to say it, God is actually building Christ in us so that we are a people stronger and uh, more than what is obvious to other people. So whether the situation seems to be okay, or situations seem to be out of our control, we should know this God is in charge. And what God is building in us is more than what is obvious. We are being built not just for time, but for eternity to come, to be a people that are different for uh, than what, uh, than to be a people that are different than, uh, different from what is just that common. Thank God for the, the things that God gives us from time to time, God, uh, you know, God just, it's like what I would call, um, God just give us certain things that you enjoy. Like you said, your wife gave birth, you know, that time, that time. What God is doing is deeper than that, but God gives you that as a way of encouraging you while your work with him is being solidified. And then uh, God is achieving something that in which Christ is being formed ultimately in us. And then we are walking and pleasing God and glorifying him with our lives. That's wow. what I just want to. Wow, that's, that's, that's thank, thank you so much, Dr. Lydie. That's, that's awesome. The, the outcome, the end point of the process is what God makes with our lives. And what he makes with our lives is to conform us to the image of Christ, because that is, that is the staying power. That is what makes us resilient in the face of everything changing and everything happening. Now, I want to give room for everyone on the call 
Um, please participate now, okay? You can unmute yourself just briefly because we have very limited time. Share or just tell us times in your life when you feel like you are stuck in the boat, okay? The boat is stormy. The disciples were in a boat, right? And the, the boat wasn't even safe anyway because there were storms, waves, heating at the boat. And here comes Jesus. They're not even sure if it was Jesus in the first place. Peter said, if it is you, if this is you, Lord, if this is you in manifestation, ask me to come. So here comes Jesus saying, walk out of the boat, step out of the boat. I want somebody to share something that makes you feel like you are in that kind of situation. Like you're not, you're in a boat, you're not even sure. And you feel like there's a word saying, come out, step out of that boat. And let's talk about it tonight, because that's the next thing we're talking about. Like, why should you even dare to walk on water? Does anyone wants to come in? I see Sumi <laughs> adjust him, but let's make it brief so that a lot more people can contribute. Uh, <laughs> um, thank you, Pimat. Let me just um, chip in a little bit because I feel like this topic is very relevant to, to me personally, especially because I just went through a phase where I, what I term a life determining phase. Now to those on the outside, it might not look like a big deal, but to me, it was a big deal. And it's in regards to my career. Um, when I was coming to America, I left back, I left behind what I thought I knew in Nigeria. When I was in Nigeria, my life was on a pathway and on a trajectory that I can predict or that I thought I had a handle of. I knew where I was gonna be in a few years, the business I wanted to do, you know, I'd made the contacts, the networking, I had the experience, the exposure, pretty much everything. My life was certain, well, so to speak. And then you're moving to America, where is, you know, new life, bright life, big life, you know, whatever promises that held. And I was like, sure, I'm going to do this. But the problem was I could not envision my life in America. It was what I called blind faith, because it means I was coming to a strange land with no ambition, so to speak. And it was unlike me to not have plan A, plan B, plan C. I, I love to have backup plans, but I had to step out in faith. Like, okay, let me just go through this residency. And then after residency, I'll figure out what I'm gonna do next. And then I'm at that stage now that I literally have to figure out what I'm gonna do next. And it was unlike me to not have backup plan A, plan B. And I guess the, 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 the key thing about this phase of my life is learning to trust God. Mm -hmm. Because what I thought was the next steps for me, applying for jobs, applying for fellowships, getting rejections. Who would have thought that at this stage in your career, you'll be getting certain rejections. You have people kind of size you up and be like, no, we don't want you here. We want you there. And you are even negotiating for your salary. You are begging them, please pay me more, you know? And they're like, yeah, you don't have experience. You would think, right? Things that I'd never encountered, I encountered it. Yeah. But yeah. one thing that got me through this phase is 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Mm. For some reason, that scripture kept echoing 
and well, echo can you can you give it to us? It should Second be your Corinthians nine eight. Let me put it in the group chat. Says that God is able to make all grace abound. Now, depending on the version that you are reading, but for me, it's um, NIV says God is able to make all, all grace God. abound. I mean, sorry, KJV. All grace abound towards you that you having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every word. Now that particular scripture, I read it in different dimensions, but that was what made me leave, um, you know, transfer the reins of control of always thinking that I'm in control. I have backup. I know plan A, plan B. When you ask me, what's your five year, 10 year, two year yeah. plan, I'm going to just tell you. No, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Sumi. So, abundant grace, throwing yourself into the ocean of grace and just let the tide carry you. That's what she's saying. She had to let go crutches, crutches of backup plans. Isn't it amazing? I'm going to bring Richard in. I want Richard to share, but let, let's keep it very brief so that a lot more people can talk. Um, isn't it amazing that the children of Israel? when God gave them manna, he told them particularly, do not keep it for the next day. Eat just what you need for the day. That's all, like daily supply. And those who try to keep it for the next day, it became warm to them because God wanted that daily, consistent, continuous trust. Um, 